Welcome to Covenant's Pulpit Ministry. Covenant Evangelical Free Church believes that the Bible is the Word of God and that God's Word is vital for life-transforming Christianity. We trust that you will grow to know the Word of God and more importantly, the God of the Word as you hear this message today. May God bless you as you open your heart to His Word. You know, I hope you really enjoyed that. For many of us in Singapore, uh, Christmas is part of an extended end-of-year festive season, isn't it? There's lots of eating, drinking, gift-giving and weight-gaining to be done. Then we need to lose it all in the new year. Then before you know it, Christmas morphs into the next festival, Chinese New Year, and overnight in Shengxiong and Fairprice, our supermarkets, the whole whole Santa Claus becomes the Huat Ah, God of Fortune, and I suspect it's the same guy, he just changes his costume. Uh, here's a question for us to ponder, is Christmas something more than just the festivity? And don't get me wrong, the Christmas feasts are wonderful, wonderful opportunities for friends, family to gather together to catch up. But we all know in our hearts there's, there is something more. There's got to be. And the reason is this. We read of articles that during the festive season, people can suffer anxiety, loneliness, even burnout. Burnout. During Christmas. And that tells me something. It tells me we've got to dig a bit deeper. We've got to dig deeper into our own hearts and ask ourselves, what questions are we really asking? And get to the heart of Christmas. What's the heart of Christmas, my friends? It's very simple. It's not a thing. It's not an idea. It's a person. It's Jesus Christ, the Christ of Christmas. Now, Christ is not a surname, like Tan or Lim. Jesus Christ. Christ is a title. It's a title telling us of what Jesus came to do. He came to bring all of us, all of us here, if you're hearing my voice in this room. Jesus came to bring you life, hope, peace. That's what he came to do. That Jesus was a real person in human history. Now, if you're not a Christian, I want you to know that even non-Christian, secular historians cannot dispute the fact that Jesus really lived he really died. He really rose again from the dead. It's a fact of history. But Christians believe more than just evidence. They believe that Jesus was the Son of God who came to us to be like us, to love us, to come close, to touch us and to heal us. And together we're going to explore this connection between Christ and Christmas using the acronym Heart, the heart of Christmas, H-E-A-R-T. And we start with the first letter, H, which is hurt. Hurt. You see that first Christmas when Jesus came 2,000 years ago, it wasn't a time of feasting and merrymaking. The world was in pain, hurting like it is today. When we scroll through our news feeds, I think you will agree with me that there's hurt everywhere, there's tragedy everywhere. There's war in Gaza and in Ukraine. There's killings in Prague. There's no end to the bleakness, the darkness. And that, that first Christmas when Jesus came, there was 
a great tragedy unfolding. In our, our musical, we encountered Herod, right? Uh, played by Dixon. There's no one like him, who no one but him can play Herod. He was funny, but the real Herod was anything but funny. He was a megalomaniac. And because, I don't know if you caught it in a musical, because he knew that there was a baby born who would be king. He was terrified, petrified. And out of the anxiety and fear, he took no chances and he wiped out all babies two years and under in Bethlehem and around. That's hurt for you. Hurt in the ancient world, hurt in today's world. But despite the hurt, there is e-expectation. Expectation, which is hope. There's a longing in your heart and my heart that we cannot quench. That there's got to be something better. Now perhaps in your life now, today, you feel that you, you just want something better. And there's got to be. Maybe you're lacking purpose or direction now or dealing with some other problem. Maybe it's a relationship crisis or a health issue or something to do with your job. And maybe, just maybe, you came to church today wanting to find a glimmer of hope. Maybe it's here. The wise men that we encountered in our musical, they were not just smart guys who loved to throw big words around. They were astrologers. That means they, they knew the stars and the significance of stars. So when they saw a star coming up over Bethlehem, which was where Jesus was born, they came. Because they knew it was a sign of change coming, a new king arising, hope. And if today you use your Google Maps and you draw a straight line distance from Iran, which is where they came from, old Persia, all the way to Israel, is about 2,000 kilometers. In the ancient days, there was no airplane. They came by camel. But they traveled the distance. Why? Because of hope. Because there was an expectation. Which brings us to the next point. A-H-E-A, -E the answer. Now, all of us have hopes and expectations in our lives. We have dreams. We have wishes. What's the answer to them? You see, my friends, if we have hopes but no answer, that leaves us with despair, isn't it? To have all those hopes within us and realize they come to nothing. So what's the answer? Does the answer lie in doing more to better our lives, to better our world? Yeah, I suppose there are many things we can do to make ourselves a bit happier, a bit more hopeful, but I suggest, my friends, that the ultimate answer cannot lie within ourselves. Because if the human race was able to pull ourselves up by our own bootstraps, as it were, self-help, we wouldn't be in the state that we are in now. We wouldn't see Gaza. We wouldn't see Ukraine. It wouldn't look like this. Rather, we need somebody coming from the outside to help us, to rescue us, to restore us, and that person is Jesus, the Christ of Christmas, which leads us, H-E-A-R, R is restore and rescue. Now, if you're not a Christian, you'll be asking, why are you saying that I need to be restored and rescued? I don't need to be fixed. Nobody is trying to fix you. 
but the Bible tells it this way. It tells us that we have a big problem, a problem that's incurable, unsolvable, and this problem is called sin. Now, we, we hate this word sin because it sounds so judgmental. But sin is not about doing the wrong things, not just about that. It's about going the wrong way. And let me explain it in this way. Right? Sin is saying, imagine God is here, and imagine that we are saying to God, God, I don't need you, I'd rather go this way. I'd rather live life on my own, on my own terms. And, you know, you, you can do you and I'll just do me. And, you know, this you-do-you thing, let me live life my own way, is exactly the way that the modern world tells us is the best way to live. But let me tell you, there's a problem with this. You see, God, if He is who the Bible says He is, He's the source of life, of light, of goodness, of hope. If we walk away from Him, we walk away from the source of life. We end up broken. We end up confused. The world as a whole ends up broken, which is exactly what we're seeing today. And so we need God to come and restore us. Restoring us means bringing us back to the life that we were always meant to live. Rescuing us means getting us off this path that we've got ourselves on this path of destruction that we can't get ourselves off. That is what Jesus came to do for us. Jesus was the cute baby in the manger, but he didn't stay in the manger. He didn't stay a baby. He went to the cross. He grew up to fulfill God's great rescue mission to take away that uncurable problem called sin. Take it away from us, paying for it, not with money, but with his life, with all that he had. We heard the song, that beautiful song just now. We are the reason that He gave His life. He gave His life for you, my friends, that you can live. Jesus gave His life in this way, this ironic way. He gave His life on a cross. Let me tell you something about this cross. It was an instrument of torture and execution used by the Roman Empire. It was reserved for the worst criminals and people were hung up there as a public spectacle. So here's the irony, the best person who ever lived got the worst death. Now today we see crosses made into all kinds of beautiful jewellery. How many of you have a cross around your neck right now with diamonds perhaps? The first cross that Jesus was on was anything but beautiful. It was horrific. And you see, hung there, nailed there, bleeding out, suffocating. What you and I would have done if we were in his place, we would have railed and shouted and cursed for all the violence done to us. But Jesus didn't. He did something different. He called out to God, his Father, and said, Father, forgive them. Forgive. Forgive them. My friends, you and I, today we have the gift of forgiveness and love and acceptance. And if you're not a Christian, if you're not a Christian and you are hearing me today, this gift of love and forgiveness is the best gift you could get this Christmas, this year, right now. And you might say to me, Ben, how do I receive this gift? That brings us to our last and final point, T, trust. The secret to receiving the gift is trust. Now, trust means believing that what God says is true. 
believing that what you're hearing now, which is from God's Word, is true. It also means more than just believing and accepting a fact. It means taking a step, a simple step, to believe that God really loves you. He loves you and He wants you to receive that gift. Not just the person next to you, but you. And like any gift, it is meaningless if it's not accepted. God can offer you the gift, but if you push it away, you won't enjoy it. And so trusting God means opening your hands and your heart to receive the gift. Trusting God means walking away from all these things here, right, that that cause us death and destruction and and moving into the, the life that He wants to give us. And it's that simple. It's about trust. Some people think, oh, Christians want to make more Christians because they want more money. Far from it. The gift of God cannot be bought with money. The gift of God cannot be bought by our stellar behaviour, our moral behaviour. No, it's about trust. Look at this picture on the screen. This boy jumps off the rock, knowing that he's not going to fall flat on his face. He knows that his father is strong enough to catch him at the end of it. That's trust. That's trust. Is God calling you to place your trust in Him today? And there we have it, folks, the heart of Christmas. At this point, I, we've, we've heard a lot, we've experienced a lot, I, I think we've enjoyed ourselves today, but I want to give us a chance to respond to the Lord. Alright, so I invite us to close our eyes. This is not coercion or manipulation because I'm a pastor, I'm not a trickster. And I would like to invite two groups of people to respond to the invitation today. We just close our eyes and just think about what you've heard and experienced today. Just allow some time for the message of Christmas, the heart of Christmas, to touch our hearts for God to speak. Because God is here and He is speaking to us. He's real. You may not see Him in the room, but He's real and He's here. He's talking to you. Now the first group that I want to speak to are the people who are not Christians and you came today. Maybe you have been running away from God for a while. Or maybe you haven't, just somehow haven't had the chance to, to place your faith in Christ yet. Or maybe there are obstacles in the way, whatever. But today you feel that there's a tug in your heart and you know that today is the day. Today is the day that you must do something or say something to respond to God and make that choice in your life today. To say yes, to take that, that the leap of faith, to come off the edge and just land in the arms of God your Father. Now if that is you, I want you to do something very simple with me. All Eyes are closed now and all heads about except for those who are on duty and looking around. Everybody else is quiet. 
And in this silence, on the count of three, I would like you to put your hand up if you're saying, yes, I'm not a Christian right now, but I would like to know this Jesus. I would like to place my faith in Him. At the count of three, would you put your hand up? One, two, three. Is there anyone here? I want to give you a chance to respond to the Lord because God is speaking to you. God is here. His plans are for you to receive His blessing, His love. Is there anyone I want to give you a chance to respond to the Lord. God loves you. You are the reason that He gave His life. A few more moments for anyone to want to respond. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I'd like to give a second a call for for people who, well, you will consider yourself a Christian, but maybe you're a CEO type of Christian, Christmas and Easter only. Today, somebody invited you because it's Christmas Eve, so you came. But if not for a special occasion, you wouldn't be here. But today, something has touched you, the Lord has touched you, and you know that you've got to come back closer to where God is, to stop running away, to stop pushing Him away, And today you say, yes, God, I want to respond to you. I want to say yes to you all over again. I want to give you a chance to respond as well. If that's you on the count of three, just slip up your hand. Slip up your hand in faith. One, two, three. Anyone wants to just come back to the Lord, come back closer to the Lord, respond to Him. Anyone at all. You say, God, I've been far away. I've been far away. But today, I want to draw near. Today, I want the life that you have planned for me. Anyone, just slip up your hand. It's a a sign of faith, an act of faith unto the Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, Lord. Allow me to pray a blessing over all of us as we give thanks for all that we've heard, all the responses. Father, we just thank you that your love for us is far greater than we can ever grasp or imagine. And love came down at Christmas. You are the heart of Christmas. Thank you, Lord. I pray for each one here. Nobody is here by accident. And you are drawing each one of us closer to you. Help us to live for you and experience your peace and joy. In Jesus' name. Amen. Now, my friends, we are almost at the close of today's uh, Christmas service. Um, and if you've joined us for the first time today um, and you would like to remain in contact with us, all those newcomers, could you just wave your newcomer pack at me if that's okay? Right? Um, and there's a, a, another QR that you could scan right here. Um, and maybe you feel that today you are not ready to make a decision of some kind, but you want to stay in touch because the journey doesn't end today at an event. God is still calling you. God is still speaking and He will still speak to you when you walk out through that door. And if you'd like to stay in touch with us, do scan this QR. And if you responded to God in that time of prayer earlier, even if you didn't raise your hand, there are people standing around the edges with a a staff pass on their their red t-shirts. And you know you need prayer. 
You want somebody to just journey and process with you in prayer what you are saying to God today. Now, if today you said yes to God in a different way, a special way, let me just tell you that that, that decision you made will change your life. It will change your life. It will change your 2024 and the days beyond. So don't leave today without processing that with somebody, talking to somebody, praying with somebody. I invite all of us to stand as I pray a blessing over us. The close of our time together, the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make His face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn His face toward you and give you peace. Amen. Amen. We're glad you had spent some time listening to God's Word and we hope that the message has ministered to you. You can visit us at www.cefc.org.sg for more sermon titles. God bless you in your spiritual pilgrimage ahead.